Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for GWBC Radio's Open for Business. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of GWBC Open for Business, and this will be a good one. Today we have with us Tina Stevens with Secondary Solutions. Welcome, Tina. Welcome. I'm looking forward to talking to you. Well, before we get too far into things, tell us about Secondary Solutions. How are you serving folks? We are a third-party inspection company for the manufacturing world, as well as we do assembly, kitting, and packaging for point-of-purchase displays for the retail sector of business. So how'd you get into this line of work? Well, you know, as we started as a machine shop, it's really interesting to think about it. In 1997, um, I was working for a company that was a die caster and doing all different various functions of that position. And there was an opportunity to open up for this, what's called the secondary operations of that business. They wanted to outsource it. And so at the time, my husband and I decided that um, it would be a great opportunity. So it was machining. Solely a machining company, and as you'll note, uh, 23 years later, I have eliminated that out of our repertoire of business. And that's funny uh, lesson about business, right? You might start in one place and then uh, and somewhere else, and it just all happens just kind of organically, right? Yes, it's just meeting the needs and finding out what needs to happen. You know, the Ross Perot giant sucking sound of everything going overseas really affected our business. And uh, slowly over the years, we've pivoted out of it into, into this new line of business. And so um, it's a different, it's a whole different world. And specifically since COVID hit, we've even transferred more out of and into out of the automotive world and into more of um, packaging and helping customers and, a different whole marketplace that support the COVID pandemic. Now, um, that's a great lesson for business leaders everywhere. Um, how do you know when it's time to make that pivot and uh, where the forces are just too kind of insurmountable that we got to make a move? And then how do you how do you kind of implement that change? Well, for me, the biggest factor happened in 2008 and 2009. Uh, we were 100% automotive at that time, and um, that taught me a big lesson about diversification. So over that period of time, we started working with customers like West Rock that do a lot of entertainment kind of work that needed hand, hand packaging um, kind of operations. And then we also picked up the nutraceuticals. Lots of, there's lots of pharma nutraceutical happening in South Carolina, where I'm located at. And we started picking up those those kinds of customers. And so, you know, when we looked at our metric system and where we wanted to be positioned, we had a third, a third, a third. So when COVID hit and one third of the business was going down, we took a, the opportunity of taking the PPP loan and keeping all of our people on staff and pivoted and said, where can we go to? So when we started reaching out to the other sectors of our business and said, um, do you 
do you have a need for more people? The answer was yes. They were struggling to keep their lines open because of the influx of business. So we were able to transition out of those the automotive sector and into the other sectors. And then when the when COVID came, not COVID came down, but when when the opportunity for the automotive came back up, we've been slowly going back into that sector. So really our businesses is much bigger than it was before COVID as a result of COVID. That sounds strange, but that's really where, where we're at. Right, because you were able to make the change and then when it kind of um, stabilized a little, then you benefited from still having all of the the skill to execute on what you were previously doing. That didn't change. Yeah, I was really happy because that PPP loan really gave us the advantage of being able to keep our skilled people on staff. So they were prepared to be able to go back into the marketplace the second that we had the opening and could pivot them. So in that three to six week period of time, we were able to transition everybody into another job until the other jobs came up available. And then we've been adding people. Now in your career, uh, when you said initially you were working for somebody else and then you took over, is that what happened? That you were working for a plant and then you had the opportunity came to that you can kind of be the owner of it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now yes, that happened in two thousand one. I took over the business in two thousand one. Now, when that happened, um, I was just reading Seth Godin. I'm a big fan of Seth Godin. I don't know if you know who he is, but he's a, a marketing person. But he talked about the imposter syndrome. And he says that everybody has it and just get over it. That's just the way that it is. It's There's always the point where you don't know how to do something and then you're trying something and then you're doing something. Did you have any of um, challenges from that same way from a leadership standpoint that am I the right person to lead this company? It's Like you said, it's a male dominated. Are they going to be able to see me as the leader? Did you have to overcome anything along those lines? I really did. And what's interesting is that in 2001, when I took over the company, I ended up hiring a a man as a salesperson because I was finding that I couldn't get, I couldn't get in the door to get the appointment to even have the conversation. So I don't feel that, thankfully we've transitioned. So I don't feel that way anymore. That I can I can open the door myself. So I would say that's a great a great change for women in business in the last 20 years. So I the but as far as being a leader, I don't really feel the imposter syndrome anymore. I used to. And that's what's really great about WBNC, GWBC, the women's presidential organization, all these women's groups have really taught me and helped me to see that the value that I bring, the value that the company brings, and also that we're all in this together, not in the COVID sense of the word, but in the, in, in the business sense of the word, that everybody's, is everybody's struggling with those. I, I really didn't take advantage of, for many, many years, what that would bring to the table of networking with all these other great women. Now, when you were coming up, did were there 
there had to be fewer of those opportunities to find groups of women that were organized and and kind of supporting each other. Uh, but now it seems there's more. There's quite a few kind of avenues for a young leader to go to to plug in to kind of find that support network and to find peers that are going to, you know, kind of help you up and hold you accountable and things like that. That is definitely true. I would say um, I have been with uh, GWBC for almost 10 years. And the biggest lesson I've learned is that I wish I had plugged in 10 years ago. I've only really plugged in, I would say, in the last three three years. And I, that's where those relationships have really ballooned and grown. And anybody that's listening to this, please take that as a piece of grand advice plug in networking these all these women are your friend and they want to help you and take that help and take that advice and run with it because they're seeing things that you didn't see before or they for me in my experience that's what was so overwhelming it's like wow I had my head down and was working really really hard and making decisions that now I look back and go, wow, it would have been so much easier if I just asked for some help and said, hey, I've got this issue. What do you think? Because they're readily, the, the information or the help is out there and available just to ask. Yeah, and that's a good lesson for leaders to be kind of humble in this regard and have some humility and that it's okay to be vulnerable and ask for help. Like this is doesn't you don't have to be a lone ranger. This doesn't have to be kind of a solo operation. There's plenty of resources out there and plenty of willing people that have been there and done that that are, are open to sharing with you. It's not a closed kind of environment in most cases. What I think is a big a big change for this year. This has been the 2020 aha moment was when we had the COVID shutdown and we couldn't go to the conferences and we couldn't do the traditional networking opportunities that come up. What really interested me was these Zoom meetings and all these uh, teleconferencing opportunities. It really has opened my eyes to being able to have more face-to-face -face networking opportunities than I've ever had before, just sitting in my office because I get to see their picture. I get to in engage with them and have a conversation, whereas if, at the conference, there's thousands and thousands of people, and I don't necessarily – I'm seeing some of the same people, and your inclination is to network with the same group of women, and occasionally you get to meet another person – but through this platform, which I hope never goes away, I still want to do the live people events as well. But this platform really has given me an opportunity to really hone in and meet people that I really can do business with and that I've built great relationships with. So I have in full, I fully embrace this, this kind of environment of the um, tele, teleconferencing world. It's a big advantage to businesses. Yeah, I think that networking had a kind of a stigma attached to it in a negative way, uh, maybe more back in the day than, than today, where it was kind of superficial and it was like everybody's handing out business cards and they don't care about you and it's very transactional. And I think what people are finding is if you find the right group of people, it's very supportive and it's very uh, kind of there's a high uh, kind of EQ 
when you're dealing with a lot of these folks that are leaders that are involved in these groups, they really want to help. They want to give back. They've learned some lessons. They want to share the lessons. They want to open some doors for folks. It isn't that kind of old school, hand me my business card. What do you, you know, what do you do kind of environment? Well said. That is, that is more true than ever. I, I really feel the engagement. That's the, that's the part that is being really promoted, the engagement portion of it. People really want to engage with you and want to feel part of the inclusive environment. So that's just a different, you're right. I don't feel like, I mean, I'm not giving out business cards, but you know, that whole philosophy of giving out a card and making in, you know, you come back with a stack and never follow up on it. This changes that, what that looks like because it's a more real conversation. Right. It's personal. You're getting really to know the people. And um, and if you do this kind of work over time, it pays dividends. But like any group, this isn't something you can just join and then expect benefits. You really have to kind of lean in and volunteer, take leadership roles and kind of proactively interact rather than just wait for stuff to come your way. That I mean, that's not going to work for anybody. Yeah, I would say that that's, uh, for me, being a part of GWBC, I'm also the head of the voice committee, which is um, a group of women that get together to have your voice be heard, thinking together and and just trying to figure out how we can get a networking message out to more women and get them involved with, because there's so many opportunities, the educational opportunities. I took two classes this year that uh, were supported by Wells Fargo and UPS, several different businesses, Truist and stuff, but they had these classes. It was called Thrive and they get, and they did um, the EOS, the entrepreneurial operating system. Both those classes not only do you get to network with people, but the what the educational portion that you learn from it really helped your business and it made you be able to concentrate on your business and implement systems. Especially in our business, we took full advantage of those educational opportunities. So really plugging in in the marketing sector, um, the marketing committee or being on the uh, the voice committee, I really invite anybody to join the, the voice committee of any of the RPOs that are out there because you can, uh, it's a great networking opportunity. Right. And it's a great way for young uh, folks and, and kind of new business people to demonstrate their kind of core values and skill and, and leadership in those environments in a safe way that kind of lets people see, okay, this person is for real. They're, they got it going on. They, you know, I can trust them with a project or I can trust them to be referred Yes, and we so we have um, a question that just happened recently where there was a whole webinar on that, and it was an interactive one. And the questions you need to ask to protect yourself and make those relationships work for both of you, it was so eye-opening because you you know we are when you start a project you're so full of hope and you're working together and you don't think of the downside. So having that educational opportunity to look at that made me realize, okay, yeah, so we need to look at this. And I thought it was interesting. And she said, you really need to think about it as getting a divorce when you start doing business with other companies so that you know worst case scenario and work your way back from that. I thought, you know, that's so true. Get get everything down and ready. Get it all out. Get all your questions, all your 
all the concerns that you have about doing business with somebody else out on the table so that you can have a good relationship to start with and you know if something goes goes wrong what what's your one two three you're gonna you're gonna handle it how you're gonna handle it and I thought that was very intuitive yeah I, I I think that um, GWBC does a great job in setting up these smaller business folks with opportunities with these enterprise level and kind of educates them on look you can't just show up here and say this is what I do you're gonna have to really have a lot of empathy and understand what you know from from the enterprise levels standpoint what they have to gain and what they have to lose so you have to kind of shore up some areas a lot of times that the the young person maybe or the new business person isn't aware of that is that's uh very well said as well because i love what gwbc is doing and we bank is doing as well is that they've identified groups of women that are having more of a struggle than other groups. So they have, an, they have another group within the group called Women of Color. And I'm very excited to see that program coming to fruition and seeing the excitement and the level because lots of businesses fail because they don't have all the, the knowledge and, and the expertise coming into it. So the mentor protege program that they have within GWBC is another way to work with a corporate, get your help them. They can help you build that relationship and get those questions and get those soft skills and hard skills that you need in order to be competitive and withstand all the, all that's coming at you and make your business be successful. Right. And, and those kind of relationships that can catapult your company from one level to five levels higher if you, you know, kind of listen and uh, kind of let them help you. That is so important. That really is so important and not be because at the end of the day, the all all these people, men and women, are trying to be successful and I will say that I have not run into really anybody in in my recent past here that hasn't given me something to think about that could help my business or give me a hand up or make an introduction or give me a thoughtful idea that I hadn't that I hadn't seen it because they're they're looking at my business 10,000 feet out. So always being open to that I think is the most important thing to move your business forward. So what could we be doing to help you move your business forward? What do you need more of? I need more. Uh, actually, I'm in a really great place. I mean, I, I'm in a position where I'm wanting to help others. So I, um, what can the community do? I'm looking to do assembly, more assembly work and kidding work. We're a ISO. Um, we're also a hub zone company. So I'm looking to do some more government contracting and expand our company into that field. That's been on my radar for the last couple of years. And now I've taken, got my certification. So I'm moving in that direction. So thank you for asking that. Well, congratulations on all your success. And thank you so much for sharing your story today. I appreciate the time and the, this is a great avenue and I'm, I love listening to the stories they are great success stories they are motivating. I'm listening to whenever you put one out, I'm listening to it. So thank you so much. 
All right. Well, Tina, again, thank you for what you're doing. You're doing important work and we appreciate you. Thank you. You have a great day. Well, uh, if somebody wants to get a hold of you, what's the website and the best way to connect with you or somebody on your team? Okay. So our company name is Secondary Solutions, but our website is www.getproblemsolved.com. It's problem not we're not two s's we found that to be an issue but that's what our email address is our telephone number is 864-574-6550 and please reach out all right thank you again for sharing your story thank you all right this is lee Cantor. we will see you all next time on gwbc open for business <laughs>